the, the Gentleman's Club Podcast. The place where we come to talk about the best IDP, Dynasty, Keeper, Fantasy Football League to ever exist on the face of the planet. Now, time for the show. Here we go, here we go. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go. Let's go. 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 Gentlemen, welcome back. You heard it in the intro. This is, in fact, the podcast that covers the best, the only, I don't know, I would it's been so long since we've recorded Clark, but we're something to do with fantasy football. It's like the greatest thing. The best IDP. Like IDP, whatever, <laughs> you know, that, that whole thing. It's been a little while. We're a little rusty, but we'll get back into it. Uh, no, it's good to be back with you, man. It's uh life's been a little crazy for me. I know we had kind of set out yeah. um, at the beginning of this to do like, man, we're going to do like 10 episodes and have so many guests on. And we still plan to, we have, we have some things to make up for it that we'll do like in the off season and whatnot. We were just talking off air about, but um no, it's good to be good to be back behind the microphones to talk some fantasy football about yeah this league that's amazing and fun and yeah. now officially past the trade deadline which we'll talk about and um, everything like that. So how you doing, man? You doing good? Excited for what's yeah. coming up in the GC? Yeah, man, I'm I'm doing well. I'm. It's wild to think uh, we're two weeks left of the regular season. I feel like this season has flown by. Yeah. Um, but been a been a good ride and, and i'm excited for how things shake out i'm excited for this episode because it has been a minute um mm-hmm. and so i just think a lot has happened since the last time we talked and um it's gonna be it always i don't know why i get baffled at how the gc how this season always ends like there's mm-hmm. always the last couple of years just this chaotic run to the finish line which i love like anytime we talk expansion or anytime we talk like change and we'll we'll still have those discussions because why not that's what you do but like i'm always just blown away by just how fun this league has been yeah it's again i think it's what makes it beautiful and amazing and so much fun every single year just to be like nobody's team's ever fully out of it or even then it's like well you you're everybody's team is good enough and some teams have bad weeks where it's like you could still cause mayhem all the mm-hmm. way through, you know, which is just super fun. So, um, yeah, we'll 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 talk about a bunch of it. It doesn't feel like it's as chaotic as last season, no. where the both the Carter and the Timberlake were in it all the way up to the trade deadline. But we'll talk about maybe some reasons for why that happened uh, in a little bit. But there is still some pretty insane chaos in the Timberlake that's going on. You kind of alluded to it. And if you haven't seen the Facebook post yet, you can go and look at it. But um, yeah, Clark, it kind of seemed like you just kind of gotten to the point where it's like, nah, I'll let ESPN figure it out. Like, Dude, I, we'll so just go with that. So one of the things I find a lot of joy in is the genuine, like going in, checking out tiebreakers. Like I love, I love just this part where it's like, okay, these guys are still in it. You know, yep. this year, the Carter kind of has, uh, kind of ruled itself out in the last couple of weeks, kind of leveled itself out. Now we're kind of playing more for seating and, and draft status, but like the Timberlake, you know, you got four teams between Bubba, Pedersen, uh, Van Camp and your, and, you know, and, um, and, and team team there. And I literally sat for probably 30 minutes and way <laughs> longer than I should have trying to figure out the the playoff stuff and mm-hmm. when it came down to it i literally like couldn't math it in my head and work <laughs> it out on paper 
of like how this will finish, uh -huh. um, which is epic. Like, I think it, it's total chaos, but I think it's like the fact that there's four teams that could finish with the same record. Okay. Here's, let me just start with this. The fact that up until like two weeks ago, Pablo, who is now sitting at one and 11, but two weeks ago when he was one and nine, like technically like still had the fadeaway jumper chance from half court blindfolded of making the playoffs, like just shows how kind of chaotic yeah. the Timberlake has been. Right. Um, it's leveled itself out. Joe Williams can finish with, you know, six and eight, like, but it's a little too late, but like um, he doesn't kind of have all the tiebreakers would, would rule him out and all that, but it's just like, it's wild. So I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you have some of those in our, in our notes here of just like how all of that works out and like who has tiebreakers over who, and even just like me reading through this doesn't make sense fully how all the tiebreakers work. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think that just goes to show like some years tiebreakers are pretty cut and dry. Mm -hmm. um other years like this year it's like because of how all you fools played and how your teams worked like you made it insane and now andrew's gonna have to have a probably two and a half hour long conversation with ryan from espn to figure it out and um, figure it out. <laughs> yeah well, <laughs> the best two and a half hours of ryan's life but you know he loves this league he i think league. <laughs> it, it, it is wild to like I didn't realize that bubble was like two and five at one point he's won five straight. Now he's seven and five and right back in the game. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, yeah, he owns a tiebreaker over Van Camp cause he beat him. Mm -hmm. uh, he owns it over Pedersen technically because of points four, because technically Pedersen is going to play more like it, their conference schedule won't be the same, which will speak to, um, I actually will talk to ESPN about making sure the schedules are a little more straightforward. Mm -hmm. Um, you'll basically play your conference opponents. So you, you, everyone will play the people in their conference twice. Mm -hmm. And then you'll play four other teams <clears throat> from outside the conference. So right. from the other side. Um, and I've already been kind of looking into like some schedule generators and even like just some of Is that Is there a way to randomize that? And yeah. yeah Cause I want to yeah. make sure like, um, I kind of want to have like the rivalry week in there, you know, mm -hmm. who was kind of your rival from the other league, the other conference, like obviously like you and, and Bubba. So like a lot of stuff in this off season that will really work to really hone in the schedule, which will help in these tiebreakers in the future. Mm -hmm. um, it'll probably shift more to better division record overall compared to like, Oh, you just beat them. Cause you could technically now go home and away and split. Mm-hmm within mm -hmm. your conference right um, so right. then points scored all that stuff will, will more fantasy will actually come into play essentially mm -hmm. uh, which would be cool yeah so yeah so you have bubba at seven and five he's gonna play taylor um kovaleski and then tyler broad he owns the tiebreakers i want to say he finishes eight and six at least but yeah one win one loss yeah see him very easily getting blown out in both love you bub and being seven and seven and sometimes the vulture gets full yeah everyone yeah. else joins them at seven and seven you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's like yeah. a weird thing where that we're like van camp gets you and javid who have not Wait, been... hold on if he ends like eight and six or seven and seven does that still mean that the 
the nickname of the vulture or the cowboys of the GC still applies? Oh, 1000%. <laughs> Even him finishing at nine and five, the fact that at one point he was two and five. Yeah. And even if he ended up two and five, he'd just be like the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. So it'd be totally fine. Yeah. Garbage. So it's like, <laughs> you know, uh, Van Camp has you and Javid, no easy outs. He's lost two straight and he only owns the tiebreaker over Casey. Right. Um, so again, could easily finish nine and five and win the conference and very easily could finish eight and six or seven and seven. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, Pedersen at six and six, he gets Javid and Joe Williams. Again, you could say, and I'm air quoting, um, easiest and based schedule. off of records currently. Yep. 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 Easiest remaining schedule, but Javid and Joe are never easy. Javid put up two sixty on me last yep. week. So I, it's like, I beat Javid on the Monday night game by like 10 points or less. I, it might've been even less than that. Yeah. So it's like not an easy out. Um, Joe team, Joe's team is getting healthy. He's won a bunch in a row. The difference is Pedersen owns the tiebreaker outright right. over Van Camp. And I think technically <laughs> the tiebreaker with him and Bubba could still switch to Joe. Mm-hmm. So Joe could then now own that tiebreaker over Bubba. Mm-hmm. So now are you hearing now where like my brain imploded on itself? But then like <laughs> you throw in the mix. And that's Casey. not even, yeah, that's not even talking about team team yet. Who's Casey sitting six, six and six. six. Yeah. But he gets brought in Actorhoff. Which is arguably the hardest, hardest schedule left. Yep. Based on record. But he beat Bubba and he beat Pedersen. And, and he I think he's record. right. He's five and one in the division currently. <laughs> Yes. Which is like if there was a tiebreaker that you needed to win, hey, you're yes. doing it. <laughs> Good work. So he could very easily finish six and eight and just make all our lives easier. Or, but at the very same time, he could be six and eight with Pedersen, who's six and eight. Yeah. And he was a tiebreaker over Pedersen, which would right. put him in over Pedersen. Right. Now, all of this is to, all of this is to say they have to all end with the same record in order for all of that to take place. Yeah. Correct. So yeah. there is still a chance that there could become three clear-cut winners and one team just falls off. But 100%. But yeah. if we've learned anything about this league, it's probably going to come down to the last week. Yeah, 7 and 7 for all four of these teams is incredibly realistic. Yeah. And if not three of them hitting 8 and 6 and one being 7 and 7 which would be obviously your three clear cut teams get in at, at you know better record at 8 and 6. Yeah. But then the seeding would be all wild cuz this is also the time in the season when you get into like all right, if you have players on top top teams, mm-hmm. are they playing as much of the game? Are they throwing to them as often? Do they want to conserve them even though they're still getting snaps, you yep. know? And so do now all of your top players who have been scoring you tons of points a game now not get you as many points that also factors into this entire equation too with the nfl switching up the way the ir system works where like no longer ir means you're done for the season but you're just done for four weeks yep so guys are starting to come off that you know it's just yeah it's gonna be a fun ride i i think either way i do i do believe and i'm gonna say this and it won't help at all i would assume this week will answer us a lot yeah, I think so. Assume. I would assume we would see 
a couple things right away kind of level themselves out. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do believe it'll probably take up until the last week. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully it's either very clear or ESPN will just seed it. So uh, one of the things I will do is we will add a third quote unquote conference or division, whatever language you want to use. Um, that will be just for um, our taxi teams. Yep. So that will help. Oh, sure. With, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. When you're looking at the standings. But ESPN does take into account all of our tiebreaker stuff and all those things. So when all is said and done, the playoff thing, don't look at right away. Look at the actual standings. Right. Because they'll just they will only seed the top six teams no matter what. So mm-hmm. they'll they'll seed all the Carter in the playoffs and no one from the Timberlake based on record. But it's that's not how it works. Go and look at like right who's in the you know who's <clears throat> actually your standings. And normally the team, if two teams have the same record and they put a team ahead of the other, that's not alphabetical. That is them with the tiebreaker being ahead, if that makes sense. Right. Like right yeah. now, they list team, they list Pedersen ahead of Casey. Mm-hmm. That's straight up. Even would, though he owns the tiebreaker over, yeah, Pedersen currently, right? To, uh, I'm not sure how the division thing works, but this is where like I don't, I don't actually know why Joe's third and not Casey. Like I'll just own that. So it's like, <laughs> like right. there's just the weird. They're doing the math for us figuring it out and it's a chaotic mess. Yeah. Which I think brings us to our next kind of talking point is about this season and whether this season is a sign of parody or is it a need to switch up the way divisions work? Right. Like last year we kind of had this conversation of like, maybe we don't have to switch up divisions. Like everything kind of came down to the trade deadline and the wire for both the Carter and the Timberlake. And this year we're seeing um, the Carter while still some like, I mean, we talked about this earlier, like myself and like all five of the teams in the Carter, not including um, Javid would be in the running for the playoffs still in the Carter. Right. And so clearly the, the records are, higher for the top three teams in the Carter usually than yeah. they are for the Timberlake. The Timberlake tends to be a little bit closer. Um Timberlake tends to beat up on themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so yeah, what do we what do we make of that? Do we make that as a sign of like, is this a chance to switch up divisions just to if make you- it more competitive? Or is it to switch up divisions just to have fun with the league and change up things or is it like this is how it works out this is how some divisions work in the nfl every season and that's okay you know because it comes playoff time and well here's you know here's the deal the last three years so 2019 2020 and 2021 you've had two champions from the timberlake and one from the carter right so myself won it in 2019 um and then Bubba won it in 2020 and then Actorhoff won it last year. Hold up. It's Bubba won it in 2020. Yeah. The most freaking chaotic year of like the entire world's history and the Vulture won it in 2020. When literally Vulture's 
<laughs> who like, used Samaji P. Ryan as his MVP of his team. <laughs> yeah. No, he used um that makes so much sense. No, it makes guy? too much sense. He used Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard. That's, that's who it was. Team. That's who it was. Yeah. Yeah. Just think of some random he's still in the league, and that's who Bubba uses to win. Yeah. Because um, Ben Roethlisberger had like a 30-point game and then like a 40-point game. And Giovanni Bernard had like a 30 point and a 40 point. It was just yeah. stupid. Literally the best two games of his entire career. Um in 2020. My gosh. So yeah, I mean, you got last year the top three teams in the Timberlake all at nine and five. Like the Timberlake, the top four were much better overall than I would say the top four of the Carter. Even though the Carter, you had Actroff and myself both in double digit wins. Um right. all four teams in the Timberlake would have been competing for playoff spots. Like that would have been crazy, you know. But then you go to like uh that was 21, you go to 2020, it's a little more even throughout. Mm-hmm. But you had like the bottom feeders of the Carter that year were broad, mile high club, and Dak Attack. They were far worse than the bottom two of the Timberlake. You know, right. in 19, yeah. you have like Team Clark at 11 and two, and then basically everyone else was like eight and five or six and seven. <laughs> right. It's just like across all, the board. Like across yeah, the let's board. see. We oh, had, wow. yeah, because it was Team Clark 11 and two. Mm-hmm. Between the wins of six and eight, you had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven teams that either had six, seven, or eight wins. And then you had team, team at, you had team team at five and eight and team brought at five and eight. Right. Yes. And you had Dak attack at two and eleven, right? Like it was like, like it was just like it dropped. So yeah, it was like it was like a very large plateau across the middle of yeah. middle of the road teams. Yeah, and thus myself, I mean Pablo, pulled it out championship wise. It was just freaking crazy that two teams made it to the playoffs with a losing record <laughs> that year. It's the fact that four teams were competing for playoff spots with losing records. With losing records, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is nuts. Um, be kind to yourselves. Don't be the NFC North to each other. My gosh. Yeah. So I think when when we talk about parity or we talk about splitting things up or we talk like I just don't know how we would switch up teams. I don't know who would switch with what. Yeah, honestly, at this point, I think the only the only way that I think it would for me would be if the entire league is just like, let's just do it for fun. Let's just switch it up for the heck of it. You know, like, I don't think we'll ever be able to come to the place of like saying, do we need to switch up the divisions for the sake of making it more equal? Because each division is like each division has its strengths, right? Like. Yeah. One team knows very early on, like my team, I'm going to have a really good draft pick this year, which is one place to be like, oh, that's kind of exciting for next year. You know, yeah. on yeah. the other side, it's like, like, it's fun to be in it all the way to the end, you know? Yeah. And I, it, it feels better to have conference winners be 10 and five or 10 and four, mm-hmm. second place be nine and five, third place be eight and six. And then it kind of just like, right? Like, parity and equality like that's um at least for me personally that would like look yeah. better on paper yeah but the thing is though like you know, i, I look at this year yeah i mean i look at my team from last year to this year and i'm like my team should be way worse than five and seven at this point 
sure. um, just based off of like, I really only have two running backs. Last year I had three running backs and I had a couple wide receivers that were decent. This year I have been playing the waiver wire for wide receivers and had a third running back. I had one running back who's no longer the starter, CEH, screw you. And Brees Hall goes down and gets majorly injured the first week after I take him off of my, you know. He looks so um, good. Too. Dude, he looks so good. But it's like those sorts of things where it's like my team should be worse than five and seven, and somehow I'm five and seven, you know. It's like yeah, so, besides who knows. And realistically, here's the other thing. Besides for 2019 and 2020, which I even realized this, even the Carter has had a different top three. Yeah. I'm not in 2019 and 2020, it it leveled out this almost like identical seasons with Clark, mm-hmm. you, so with me, you, Actorhoff, and almost identical records. Right. For those three. But like the Timberlake, it's been, it was Pedersen, Joe, Pablo in 2019. Yep. It was Bubba, Casey, Pablo in 2020. And last year it was Joe, Bubba, Van Camp. So right. the only constant has sadly been Bubba or Pablo. Um, but in the Timberlake, yeah. Timberlake, you know, so it's just, it's just wild. You know, we, we talk about like the, just briefly, like, you know, Pablo and, and Joe kind of being down this year, Joe Williams, but it's like, Joe was the best team in the Timberlake last year. He just been bitten by injuries, which is to your point, like, okay, just changes up how, your mentality with the league that, that season. Cause yeah. very quickly, all of a sudden Joe went from in 2020, Joe was four and nine. And then 2021, he was nine and five. Mm-hmm. That was either one good draft pick or he made one trade. I think that was the whole Brady Stafford swap, like mm-hmm. kind of like just got a little things figured out. And but now that Stafford's having an off season and like wide receivers have been injured, you know, you know, Pablo, he's not tanking. He's still in it. Like we've had the conversations. I don't see why Pablo, if he takes the fact that he has like three or four first round picks in this upcoming draft, if he takes that serious again, compared with the class that he currently has this year, I don't see why in two, three years, Pablo isn't again, competing for a championship and running away with the Timberlake. Mm-hmm. He should, yeah. he should very yeah. quickly. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it, you know, last year, Joe Pedersen was four and 10 and now he's competing and could win the Timberlake. Right. So yeah, it just, it's just, there's, it's wild. It's wild. So I, I am in the boat of letting it be. I'm just also in the boat of the Timberlake's got to stop beating up on each other. <laughs> that is very true. That both things are both things are very true. And again, I think that's why I said like I think the only way for me that I think switching it up makes sense is if everybody's just like, yeah, let's switch it up. Just yeah, for the heck of it, you know. Then how do you do that? Do we just draw out of a hat? You know what I mean? It's just like a randomized, yeah. and then yeah. all, what what happens if all of a sudden it's you, me, Taylor, and and Tyler still, and then Joe and Bubba. Like you get one conference, and then I would argue based on records. Well, it's like yeah, it's like the survivor sudden. swaps, right? Like from the yeah. show Survivor, everybody has to draw a new buff out of the hat, and it's like okay, great, we've got four of the six people still the same. Yep. Or do you say, hey, we draw three names out of the Timberlake and three names out of the Carter, and that's how you do it, right? You're completely meshing them so that it's three and three from each, you know? 
yeah. it's not what we're talking about doing. I mean, but I think it's fun. I think, I mean, you and I, we've been in the Carter forever. Van camp's been in the Carter forever. Like Joe has been in the Carter forever. Joe Williams and like mm-hmm. Bubba has, and those guys have all won it. Those guys have all won championships, you know, like you've competed for championships. I've won them. Like, yeah. You know, team broad has been in both. Like, right. When he was in the league, he dropped out and he came back like, switch conferences i think pablo's been in both mm-hmm. like, so it's not it's it's one of those like there has been a little bit of that early on but i think we've kind of settled into a nice like yeah you know the only other option that i see for switching up uh divisions is like we've toyed with the idea of expansion drafts right which would vastly change like how many players we have on our teams and all of that stuff to make it more competitive recognizing like if we have 14 people in the league, like, yeah, it's probably not realistic to have as many positions on each of our teams. And then is that a chance to reset and reshuffle? Cause everybody's team is going to look vastly different. Like, as I'm thinking about it, that probably makes the most sense to me as far as like when you would switch up divisions, because the way scoring would work, the amount of players you have on a team, all of that stuff would have to change yeah. um, in ways that it hasn't had to, to this point that then might make sense for the divisions to reshuffle and, and change and go from there. But if we expanded or shrunk, I think that would make the most sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Then we, we would have the conversation. Do we go to three conferences or three divisions? We go to, yeah, there's, there's that whole conversation. Yep. Um, The one thing I have thought of, and I'll just, I wasn't going to say this, but, we're talking we brought up adding another playoff spot to each Mm -hmm. does that change anything four teams now from each conference make it um it could i would have to think about that a little bit more but what's your gut response i don't think so i don't think so um because even as I'm looking at like years past, like even so 2021 mile high club, six and eight, you know, like mm-hmm. fourth place that year, eight and six, you know, you go back further years. And even this year, it's like, I'm five and seven sitting in fourth place, you know, and Dean broad was four and nine in 2020 and he would have made right. And so it's like, even then you're still fourth place is still similar to fourth place in the other division. So it's like, I don't know if switching it up there makes any difference either necessarily other than saying like maybe it does if people are more competitive and we switch up leagues maybe it does change who gets in and who's not like i don't know yeah it the reason i'm against adding another playoff spot is i think i think there's a benefit to rewarding those who won win the conference for sure so i would i would argue then we would need some massive home point home field advantage yep um for both the, the home teams and throughout right that's what you would win essentially because if i i'm just thinking back like so this year i let's say i i the the playoffs just start with the record as is so i get taylor kovaleski in the first round taylor's beat me already this season right like that's the playoffs like i'm not trying to argue against like oh i deserve to win i'm just saying like okay so a we're not really fighting for anything Right. Because it's kind of like 
I think there's something unique or special about being a top three team and getting in the playoffs. I think that's what's yep. led us to where we're at now where it is like chaotic and fun mm-hmm. and a rush. It feels like a reward to get in and you get in, you here's your shot. Like you win the conference. Like that's why tiebreakers matter. You get that at least buy into the conference finals. Like I think there is like, I also, and this brings up the conversation we'll have about trade deadline stuff, but I do think if we add another division, and this year was fairly quiet for the trade deadline. And we'll talk about that. But I do think it takes away from people potentially wanting to trade at the end of the yeah. season, either to sell because mm-hmm. then you're selling to your competitor unless you're trading to a different division, right? Mm-hmm. Or yep. um, you're not going to want to sell or you're just like you have yeah. to make a decision. I just think trading would go away towards the end of the season if you if you had eight teams in instead of six. You know, yeah. people wouldn't be trying to hustle as much to try and hustle is the wrong word, but trying to like talk to teams who it's like, hey, you have a good player, but you're out of the playoffs. Do you want to draft pick instead? You know, and potentially we this went to, other team or whatever or player. If we somehow expanded to 14 or 16 teams, you would, yeah, I think no doubt potentially add a playoff spot or two. Yeah. Cause then we're talking either we got to add a whole nother conference, which I don't think we do. I think you just have seven or eight teams in each conference. And maybe it's four or five, the top four or five. So that still leaves out the last three or four teams from each, which right. still needs to fight for. But there is some, there's a difference between a four and nine team making the playoffs and like a seven and seven or six and eight. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I do think yep. there's a legitimate difference there where six and eight could easily be eight and six, seven and seven. Four and nine, you're okay. You finish six and eight. Like it's like it's like a not a crate like right right um so yeah interesting yeah, yeah I just want to throw that out there I think yeah. that was something that kind of came to mind I'm like oh that helped but I think that would lose some of the like illustriousness maybe that's the word or mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. epicness of getting in yeah the fight to the finish like we have in the Timberlake yep um I'd rather see like I said six and six and seven and five teams fighting than the one and 11 and four and eight guy. Like, hey, we yeah, right. a chance. Like we got it. We can still do it. <laughs> yeah. We're on life support, but we've got a chance. We're in hospice, but we're good to go. Yeah. One more, one more walk. It's like the yeah. woman from uh, Monty Python. I'm not quite dead yet. Quite dead yet. Yeah. I feel happy. And I, and I, I go back to again, then it is special. Then when the seven and seven team gets in, they legit got into the playoffs yep. and then they do go on a run and they win it or they go on they, the New York giants of 2008, right? Yeah, against the Patriots, the, you know, it's, it's the Bubba's the, of 2020, the Pablo Siscomani's of 2019. Like, it's just like at, you know, six and seven, you know, I get in with his team. He gets in and like, we, he goes on the run and like Kenyon Drake. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're welcome. And like, just kind of like <laughs> wins that um, is, that to me is more special than the four and nine. I think I'm beating a dead horse when I say this than the four yeah. and nine team getting in and being like that probably didn't deserve to be there in the first place. Yeah, for the Tyler Broad, your team should have been eight four anyways. Like, why are you four and nine? You know what right. I mean? So it's one of those, right. like, yep, for sure. With being said, yeah, no, go ahead, think, go ahead. Who do you think makes the playoffs this year? If we go back to this year currently, as things stand, give um, me your, give me your, we know the top three. Maybe yeah. give us your final. How do you think it'll shake out in the Carter? Top three, like seeding, seeding. Well, I mean, that's already set, right? Like Carter's no. going to be Team Clark, Team Actorhoff, Team 
broad. I mean, in terms of who finishes second and third, like it could switch, but I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, Asher Hoff can technically still win the conference technically. Yeah, I think it's going to end exactly how it is now. I think you'll be first, Agrahoff will be second, Broad will be third. I think that's, yeah. What do you think for the Timberlake then? Um, Oh, man. Let me see. The strength of schedule is important. Um, I think... I think Team Van Camp finishes first because yeah. he has me and Javid. Yeah. I think uh T I think oh man, a lot of T or aka team overhaul or Bubba's RNC Yinzers for second. Man, that's a hard one. I I think a lot of T is second. I think Bubba is third. Okay. And I think team team misses. Okay. Just so looking your... at their strength of schedules and who they've yep. got left. And um yeah, yeah, I think that's the way it goes. Okay, so that's me. your so you go Clark Eckroff, Broad Carter. Yep. And then you're saying Van Camp, Pedersen, Overhaul, Bubba. And Bubba is your three. Okay. Yep. I I think it'll be Clark Eckroff Broad. Same thing like you said in the Carter. I think it'll be uh I have Bubba, Awadati, and Van Camp. One, oh, two, three. Interesting. Um, I just cause I think Bubba's team is really hot right now and he owns the tiebreakers the right way. I think that'll sure, that's true. That's true. Yeah, and mine yeah, is I'm really, I'm really predicting both of his games. I'm assuming we're gonna get like three, eight, and six teams, and it's gonna come down to all the tiebreakers, is what I'm yeah. Yeah, and I think, but I mean, what we're both saying is we don't see the top three, we don't see anybody falling out of the top three. It's just a reshuffling of who's in there. And with all due respect to Casey, I think he, he's got the. I mean, Cook, he's got, he's got Herbert. It's not like he can't. Taylor was out for a few weeks that hurt him there. Yeah, he's back. It's not like team team can't do it. It would just take other teams falling apart in order to get there because he's got really hard teams from here to the end. He would need some collapsing, but it's fantastic. It happens. It happens. Possible. Okay, it's possible. Who? It's early, and we'll we'll talk way more in depth once we know how all this is set in stone. But yeah, we'll have a we'll have a playoff preview. You got a championship prediction? You don't got to go as crazy as maybe scores and who wins it. Yeah, throw it out there. Who do you think? What's the championship game? Uh it's more of a hope. Okay, I hope that it's broad from the Carter. Right. Respect it. Yep. Um. I think his team like has underperformed too long that I think it needs to go off at the right time. <laughs> yep. Freaking go baby. Um, and then I think team van camp, I think for the same reasons, like I think his team is underperformed. I think his team is really spicy when it wants to be. Yep. And I think he, I think, I think he'll do it. I think it, I think it could be broad versus van camp. So yeah. Broad van camp. So broad's yep. first appearance of the championship. I think that's right. Yes, I think so. And then you got Van Camp. That'd be like his third. Right. Yep. Um okay. I man. And my broad one is just simply because I want to see him in there. Like that's that's why. Dude, I love that because I didn't even I even like process through in my head the fact that like his team has just like underperformed 
for so long. Yeah, Broad has never been in a championship, so it'd right. be his first, be his first championship appearance. But dude, like Saquon and Alvin Kamara, like he's Saquon Barkley, averaging almost thirty points a, a week. Like he's got Jared Allen. There's no. Man, you're making me yeah, rethink dude, even what oh, I was going to say. Jamal freaking Williams, dude. Did you see this stat? Okay, there was a stat that came out the other day of the top like twenty scorers in the league. All of them were kickers. Yep. And Jamal freaking Williams was like number ten or something because he scored like fourteen touchdowns this season yep. already. Like yeah, he's, they're using insane. him like a fullback. <laughs> he's getting and, the five yard carries. <laughs> DeAndre Swift, dude. Like I felt. Like the end of last season with OBJ getting hurt, me trading away DeAndre Swift, like that whole trade with Akerhoff, I was like, dude, I flubbed that majorly. Yep. And now I'm like, I think we both didn't end up any better with that trade overall. Because yeah. DeAndre Swift is like non-existent. Like, yeah. Where the heck did he go? I have. I think it's going to be Akerhoff. And I'm just I'm an actor off Homer, a stand at this point, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Even team team. I used to be Actorhoff, and I think it's gonna be Pedersen. Okay. I think hanging out in a Walmart parking lot together. I, I and this will lead probably to one of our last conversation points here. But I, I think Pedersen's team, if he gets in, which is a big if, but if he gets in, like he's got the pieces to have explosive scoring weeks mm-hmm. like hurts and he's got Sanders. He's getting his running back stuff figured out like that him, me trading him, Josh Jacobs and the Raiders all of a sudden being like Josh Jacobs going off for like 250 yards the other week or something like yeah. that. He went from literally people thinking he was going to get cut in the preseason to the number one running back usage. Yeah, he. I think I saw a stat like for what he accounted for for the team's overall like yard. It was mm-hmm. ungodly how many but, yards but he I'm, accounts I'm for. I'm saying like the last like eight weeks, he's been like the number right. one when it comes to like usage of running back. Yeah, yeah. And they were talking like he was going to get cut in the preseason, which is crazy to think yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So I I really do think like Pedersen has the pieces. So. I, I do believe if he was called team overhaul still, I think this would be like a, I'd pick him as the winner of the championship. Um, so yeah, if he wins it, is it officially, you're going to start calling him a Watt of T? I like the name a Watt. I've just been. <laughs> <laughs> so. um, uh, Dude, too bad about like, cause he has Cooper cup on his team too, right? No, he, oh, traded, no, he, tra- oh, yeah, he traded for him. Dang. I was going to say, man, that, that would put him over the edge if he was still healthy, but. Fortunately not. So one thing that we skipped over Clark that I'm, I'm curious about getting your perspective on was trade deadline stuff. Yeah. It seemed like it was fairly quiet this season. Dude, unlike last, last year. season. Yeah. Compared to last year, like it was, it was utter chaos last year. Wasn't it? Or was that two years ago? I feel like it was last year. Mm, yeah. I feel like both years may have been crazy. Yeah. Um, where it just was like, oh, everyone has been waiting for this moment, and now let's all trade. Yep. Um, so I, I do, I do think there was two trades that were made. Um, yep. The first one that came through, we saw Pablo trade Miles Sanders, running back from the Eagles, to Pedersen for a first round pick here in twenty twenty three. 
Mm-hmm. We can talk about that one here in a minute. And then we saw um, I traded my 2024 first round pick to Javed for wide receiver Brennan Ayuk of the 49ers and linebacker Rashawn Evans of the Atlanta Falcons. So initial thoughts on those two on the trades. Um, Start with Pablo and, and Pedersen. I... I think Pablo probably could have gotten more for it. Like mm. another defensive player, possibly just because of where Joe, if he gets into the playoffs, where that first round pick will end up being a later first round pick at that point, yep. or at least in the second half where you're not going to get another running back for it. So yep. I think um, at least getting like a solid defensive player linebacker or, you know, something like that, I think, um, I probably would have tried a little bit more because I think you could have also gotten it because Pedersen is trying to swing for the fences, it seems like. So it's like at some point, like you have to recognize like, hey, if this person's wanting to make a push for the playoffs pretty hard, they might be willing to give up something a little bit more. Yep. I think that's my initial initial thought is that it's a little soft, but. Yeah, I saw it. I saw a wholeheartedly as this is Pedersen's. I'm all in. Yeah, right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, Because I hope Miles Sanders is good a year from now. Or Miles Sanders could be just like every other NFL running back, it seems like, just done. Um, Yeah, right, right. But, I mean, if he fits really nice into his team, um, the thing that will be key for Pedersen in this will probably be how – um, how he utilizes Sanders when it comes to the emergence of Rashad or Rashad White, right? The running back from Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. We either are looking at Pedersen having three solid running backs now: Jacob, Sanders, and White. Which kudos to Pedersen because a year ago, I'm sure if you go back and listen to the podcast, we were saying that was his downfall. He was starting right. Zach Moss. It was like. <clears throat> This is booty cheeks. And then who now even knows where the heck he is anymore. Yeah. Um, He lucked out. Well, I don't want to say lucked out because Jalen Hurts is a proven winner, but like that Hurts became Hurts. Right. Um, He's another guy who were like the Eagles were thinking about cutting this preseason. But Um, who knows? Like once the league figures him out, is he going to become like Lamar Jackson where it's like one week he gets you 90, one week he gets you 30. Like who knows? Um. Him, his team is just really interesting. And I think Sanders fits because he doesn't have a lot of Eagles. He now has the two main runners for the Eagles, technically, which is beneficial. Doesn't he have Smith as well? So he's okay. I take that back. He's actually leaning into more Van Camp's space, (laughs) Packers buying in one team and ride or die with that. Yeah. Eagles are not a bad team to ride or die with this season. No. Mm -mm. So. Nope. It'll be interesting. I think I think hitting he's hit well in the draft. We're seeing that begin to play off for him. Um personally, from a straight up fantasy manager perspective, I like the trade because I think it makes him a better team. Um from a competitive standpoint, I'm bummed because it makes him a better team. 
yeah from like the analytic side and like how he's built his team i don't like the trade because he got rid of a first round pick sure that he's been utilizing so well right yeah but i mean that's we've had these conversations in the past where it's like i've said in the past like i would love to trade away decent players for first round picks and after a couple years of busting on first round picks i'm like i don't know if i like that strategy anymore you know like yep notice it i mean it gets him a championship why are we talking about it? Right. Right. Exactly. The it pays off in the second end. Second round right? pick, like, essentially, right? That it, it falls to right before the first, you know, the the end of the first round. So it's not the same. Right. And he's got a championship to his name. And which, yeah, which is which is why I like I I like the trade for Pedersen overall. I think my perspective on it was more from like, I think because it makes Joe's team that much better. Yep. I think pablo asking for a little bit more would have made more sense knowing uh, what pablo was in conversations with with people and even i poked the bear on like on sanders and some of these guys i was thinking it was going to be a pick in a player yeah i really thought he was going to get picking a player but to pablo's credit he did make the trade Mm -hmm. so kudos to him because he could have rested and kind of fallen back into what Pablo seems to do where it's like, yeah, whatever. And not done anything and misses out. I think he, he cashed in and he drafted. Well, yeah, this yeah. seemed like a really win-win for both teams. Yeah. So, like I said, there, there's the analytics side of me. Who's like loving what Joe has been doing through the draft. Yep. yep. Um, But I think if this is probably the moment to go all in mm-hmm. a, to get into the playoffs mm-hmm. and who knows what happens but B, Sanders fits. Yeah. Yeah, for like sure. It. For sure. Um, so the initial thoughts on the Clark, me and the Java trade? Um, initially, uh, 2024 is super hard to predict. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not the type of person that would trade draft picks. I would not accept draft picks two years from now. That's just my own personal philosophy because i have no idea what's going to happen that far down the road um and and to be clear when we say 2023 and 2024 2023 is this upcoming draft right yeah 2024 will be at the end of next season right correct yes you still have another full season before you get to that point yeah um and it's just so hard to predict that sort of stuff because just the trajectory that your team is going Mm -hmm. um that's usually a later first round pick. And so to give up a really good wide receiver. And I think Rashawn Evans is the number one, number one linebacker, which are really hard to get, Mm -hmm. um, which would be like a later first round pick, but not maybe like an 11th or 12th pick. Um, It does seem, I think my initial reaction is I think you won more than Javid, but again, Javid has a well, potentially, and I don't, I don't want to assume this, but like in years past, has had a earlier first round pick, and yep. to round that out with a later first round pick to get a defensive player back that could potentially uh, take the place of Rashawn Evans, also being a little bit younger. Like, yeah, to, to, I think it works out. I think it works out in the end, but I do think you won out a little bit more in that. But I think it won out for this season. I'll, I think future it plays more into Javid's three-year plan, which he's talked about on the podcast yep. before. 
So I, I do think this is the nine in me. I think it equals out in the end for both. Sure. Um, I liked it because it, it, I wasn't going to do it. Wasn't going to do it. I kind of shared off, you know, off podcast with you, some details of the initial conversations. Um, I think it was really cool. And I will give kudos to Javed on this. And I think if anyone listening to this podcast, he is worth engaging in trade conversation with mm-hmm. because he's not stuck in cement. I must beat you to a pulp win this trade. Right. Right. Which is such a healthy. Well, well, it's incredibly unhealthy a to have that stance in trading. Um, yeah. But B, he just, he's just nice to have like the conversation with um, where our, I pressed really hard for a couple of guys. And he pressed really hard for a couple of my guys. And then we kind of were able to circle the wagons back to kind of like, well, what does it look like with these guys? And um, it was fun, smooth. And I didn't feel, I didn't feel pressured. You know, sometimes you go to make a trade with someone, you almost feel like I have to make this trade. Or I don't want to make this trade to begin with, but I don't know how to say no. We've been talking so long. (laughs) I just kind of have to do it. Yeah. Um, didn't feel that in this situation. And I, so that's just kudos. That's a long way of saying, I think kudos to Javid. Yeah. Like, um, I think he's been a nice addition and I'm, I'm really not trying to drag anyone else. I just, there's a, there's a benefit to coming to the table with thinking, not just now, but tomorrow yep. in trading and, and really like having that conversation be like, you know what? I kind of flex. And I do, I do think kudos to Pablo. I think Pablo did that. Mm-hmm. I think Pablo was really set in stone back to that trade of needing a first round pick and probably your firstborn to, okay, I can give you the first round pick or I can, I can give you this player for a pick. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Um, I think there's just a, you know, I think the, the, the mentality that I think so many of us carry is like, especially around those bigger positions of running backs and wide Mm -hmm. receivers is uh, there's so few of them out there or we have to get really lucky on the waiver if somebody gets hurt you know or whatever it is that it's like we kind of feel like we want the first overall pick for all of those top players you know and the reality is is like sometimes we have to be willing to sell now in order to gain later oh 100 and Um, and that might require us to either lose or break even when we might want to say we want to win yeah i mean um yeah, we we said it earlier. Joe makes the trade, the the Stafford Brady trade, not including draft picks, but you know him and Akerov swap. Both are highly competitive. Joe makes the playoffs. Akerov wins a championship. You know what I mean? Like it's like they, the the pay yeah. was there, like it worked. Yeah. Um, where this year it's been a little bit different story. And like Akerov luckily had Joe Burrow, and like it's he just keeps rolling it along. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I I think. I think the GC, that's what is so different about this league. And I think the majority of us get it that like, it's not just this season. Like there's, there is a benefit to thinking, well, what's next year look like? Well, I mean, you think so being in Chicago for another month or so, like one of the things that the bears have done is they have cleared a hundred million dollars in cap space for this off season. Right. Their team is hot garbage. I went and watched the game where the Lions beat them 31 to 30. It was awesome. It was my first NFL game ever. It was fantastic. (laughs) Being in Soldier Field and screaming at the top of my lungs as the Lions win right in front of my face. They were in the end zone right in front. But what they're doing, like, could be equated to saying, does somebody say, like, hey, I've got 
10 quality players that I can probably get a varying level of first degree or first degree first round picks for over the next four years. What you're doing is saying, okay, for a few years, I'm going to be not so great, but all of these other people are also kind of stuck without picks at this point because I have them all. You know, um, going forward, it is a strategy. I'm curious to see if anybody is daring enough to pull it off. But um, I do think that's what we're seeing Pablo do, by the way. Yeah, at least for the yeah, for this year. Yeah, because he's got three or four of them this coming year, you know, and I've had that in the past, too. You know, and you've done that well. um, Well, I mean, it, it again, it all depends on who you draft. And there's so many things that you can't control. Right. Like this is also not a league where you have cap where you can go out and get people in the off season is totally dependent on somebody dropping and somebody um, trading. Right. Whereas professional teams can miss on a draft, but also they have cap space that they can clear and get somebody in the off season. You know, it's like a strategy could be where you sell your entire team and you have 12 first round picks over the next five years, you know, it's like could work. Yeah. You could rebuild really quickly. Right. fantasy football. It, as much as it is a team, and the more well-rounded teams, I think, are the more competitive teams. Doesn't hurt to have a Patrick Mahomes. Doesn't hurt to have Tyreek yeah. Hill running around for you. Doesn't hurt to have Travis Kelsey out there. I'm just naming Chiefs or former Chiefs at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't hurt to have yeah. the stud. Like Pablo gets rid of Miles Sanders and he plugs Kenneth Walker in. Right. Like that's not a tip for ten. I. I'd argue he plugged in the better player or and the younger player. Yeah. Yeah. Better projected player. So no. So, you know, kind of circling back to with Javid, I just think he's got a three-year plan. I think we're seeing it come to fruition with Najee Harris and Jalen Waddle. And he drafted Drake London and like he drafted Kyle uh, Pitts too, right? Kyle Pitts. No, Kyle Pitts is on band camp. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. He drafted Quay Walker, you know, so like these these like players who are beginning to round out his team more. Um, yeah, I get the whole, you know, Evans is nice. Evans is on a nice contract. Ayuk has been nice. He's finally getting used. Um, it's because Jimmy G's back. Jimmy G, ride him out. But I, I, but I could also see in the case of Javid where Waddle, Godwin, and London probably project as you're actually three wide receivers going forward. Mm-hmm. Having two first round picks give you a better chance of potentially getting a running back. You know what I mean? So it's like you yep. begin to see the the bigger picture. And defensive players, we talked about this outside of linebacker, you can yep. pick up pretty easily on the waiver. Pretty easily. And to your point about the Bears, Roquan Smith, Smith is probably a generational linebacker, but two high-quality linebackers will always be better than one stud. Yeah, for sure. Sport. Yep. And that hundred million allows them to potentially do that. So they will be able to finally get an offensive line for their quarterback. Yeah. So hopefully if they play their cards right, because yeah. we've learned anything. Justin Fields can I, I joke with people here. I'm like, oh, how are the uh, Chicago Justin Fields doing this week? Because it's literally your entire team, you know? Yeah, 100%. Um, but if they can get a few of those players, it's like with with cap space, this off like I think they have the highest cap space in the league going into this offseason. And I think the Lions are pretty well up there too. Yeah. I mean, they don't have a they don't have any top players that they're really paying. 
Um, so just put a couple watches on fields and it's a different conversation. So no, so, you know, quiet trade deadline, but I I do think, um, both trades, they came down to the wire and I think both were solid and, um, the Sanders trade for Pedersen, I think made it easier for me to kind of project him or or predict him to make a run at it. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, but two weeks is still a long time. Still a long to, time. To Miles Sanders could get hurt. Could get hurt. Like, yeah, it's wild. Yeah. So NFL's crazy. You never know. Crazy, crazy. So but, um, yeah. Yeah. Last thing, I mean, it's on their draft order. You know, Pablo, Adam, Joe, you, Taylor Kovaleski. That's kind of the order as it stands. But could change. It could change, could shift. Um, technically, Pablo and Adam. I think they're pretty well locked in, right? Like where yeah, they're... unless Pablo goes on a two-game win streak, right, right. Um, you know, between Adam and Joe, technically, they could flip-flop if Adam wins two straight and Joe doesn't, like, right, and whatnot. But um, we'll kind of round out that that pairing here soon. There's one more spot waiting for whoever in the Timberlake decides to not make the playoffs. And... Let's go, team, team. It's sitting there for you. I feel like he's in that spot every year. every year, if not every year, where yep. it's like he literally just could be in or could be out. Yeah, 2020 was the first year he made it into the playoffs. And I remember he's like, I'm excited for that and also really conflicted about that because he's <laughs> like, now I have a later draft pick. And while that's cool, he's like, I don't think I have a chance of winning. So, yep. That's a weird he place literally, I mean, talk about five and eight. It's eight and five, eight and six, and he goes seven and seven or eight and six or six and eight this year. Mm-hmm. It's been incredibly consistent. Yep. So kudos to him, but it's like literally always there, like the third, fourth. Yep. Like, which is so. a fun place to be and also super not fun at the same time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. fun games. Uh, last question for you Which game? are you kind of most excited for, I know we don't have like the full schedule in front of us, but yeah, you're kind of coming down to it. Is there a, is there a matchup? Maybe even just looking at the Timberlake stuff. Like, is there a matchup in there that you think is like, Oh, I might actually keep an eye on that, that matchup here. Over the I, I do think I'm really interested in uh, this week. I would say the one that I'm most interested in is um, team team versus team broad. Okay. Um, obviously one is in fifth, one is in third currently, or well, their game is so incredibly close in terms of projected points right yep. now yep. that it's like, if Casey can pull this one off, he could have a good well, chance a of getting into the right, right. Correct. And at the same time, I think the one I'm watching this week too is Bubba and, um, uh, Bubba's Arn City Inzers and Mile High Club because they're also both projected within yep. like three points of each other. And there's huge playoff implications for Bubba potentially. And, and first round o- or first overall in the Carter implications. Dude, um, we say it, we say it every year, but Kovaleski with my high club is literally right there. It always comes down to one injury, like which Shows he's and he's doing better at building out the full team. Yep, he's incredibly top heavy. 
with Mahomes and McCaffrey and all that. But like Javante Williams going down hurt, mm-hmm. but he beat me. Like he's won some games. He's blown some people out. Like he's never like out of a game. Right. So the fact that he's appearing on one of these four guys' schedule, I think like he's, he's kind of your, him or Javed is what it looks like are kind of the bracket busters for us essentially. Yep. Um, yep. So I, I like I like the Basie and and uh, my high club game. Bubba's arms and Yinzers in my high club. I'll I'll be watching. Um, I I'm excited this week. I am excited for the Wadati and Javed. Oh yeah, because they were involved in trades. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. One got player, one gave up players. We're we're kind of gonna potentially see a Pedersen like this is the team. Yep. Um, go on a run for it, or we get just the first taste of his Javid ruining people's lives, <laughs> uh, which is kind of a fun spot to yeah, be. Scrappy yeah. little fighter. Yeah. Um, and then I'm really excited for in week 14. I'm really excited for for either team team and team Actorhoff because to your point that could be the game, mm-hmm. or uh, Bubba. And team broad Bubba and broad is the one I had for week 14, just because I think Bubba has got two very close games, two weeks in a row that could either be two wins, one and one or zero and two. Like, yeah. Well, here's last little thought about team team, the points for, right. That's part of the tiebreaker process. Yep. So he has best record. He owns a couple key tiebreakers. He's going to have to score a lot of points to beat Broad and Actorhoff in back-to-back weeks. Right. Yep. So it is not out of the question that he goes eight and six and wins the Timberlake. That's pretty nuts. That's <laughs> wild because he would have to he would probably score a crap ton of points, owns a tiebreaker over Bubba, owns it over Pedersen, like – he would have scored more points than Van Camp. You know, Van Camp's got some tough games. He's got the the weird like. Yeah, I don't. I don't him. know that he's making up almost three hundred points against Van Camp, though. Sure, but over the other two, like Joe is a hundred and twenty points ahead of him, and Bubba, Bubba's like two hundred and twenty points ahead of him. But like, if he scored like two three hundred point weeks. There's a it, there's a good possibility that it could happen. It's just that it I go back to the the chaos of the Timberlake that we're looking at. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be a Anything's fun ride. possible. Yeah, for sure. So, I would say if you're team team, hope that you get the wins over the points, but you know, it just, is yeah, just just win. That's the <laughs> just key. Win. Just win the games. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, cool, man. I'm uh, I'm excited. I get Joe Williams this week. That's like a little mini rivalry game. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah. Harking back all the way to the beginning, like first three seasons of the championships. Yeah. So yeah. Should be fun. Um and whatnot. And and so yeah, it's good to yeah. It'll be fun. Fun couple weeks. And we'll be we'll be back um doing a playoff preview um yeah. for the season once week 14 wraps up and kind of give more accurate picks i don't know we kind of said beforehand we're like we've never really been accurate in who makes it to the championships and stuff we just um, throw out the guys we, we like yeah yeah because who knows if giovanni bernard is gonna hit you know nobody knows nobody yeah. knows 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll be back doing that in a couple weeks. And then, um, yeah, we'll probably give like a postseason wrap up sort of thing um, just for fun. And then we'll do uh, we had talked off air um, and kind of give you a little teaser. But we'll do some podcasts um, just to kind of keep us engaged through the off season because we didn't do as many during the season just because of my life changes and new jobs and moving and all of that sort of stuff yeah. kind of uh, put this on the wayside for a little bit there. Um, but we'll, we'll get into more of a rhythm of doing some of that in the off season, just to keep us all engaged around major NFL moments and interviews and all that sort of stuff. So it'll be good. We're looking forward to it, but here's to the last two weeks, everyone get out there and get it, you know, it'll be great. And we'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about it here on the gentleman's club podcast place where we come to talk about the best fantasy IDP keeper dynasty league that has ever existed on the face of the planet it is ryan from espn's favorite league let's be clear about that um but until next time have a great night everyone we'll talk to you soon later